what you get is what you put into things. Hmm. And a lot of guys will say, but Greg, I don't have the community that you do. I don't have this band of brothers like you do or whatever. And, and I have to, like you were calling bull a little <laughs> earlier, I, I have to call bull a little bit because yeah. I'm like, well, what have you done in order to have it? Have you, have you done anything? Well, same thing with these intimate moments we're talking about with God. Are you seeking God? Are you seeking these intimate moments? Are you looking for them? Have you trained yourself to receive love? Hey, welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. St. Ignatius said, The glory of God is man fully alive. Jesus said, It is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. This podcast is here to bring God glory through you becoming fully alive and you bearing much fruit or having powerful results in your life. I believe you can use your unique gifts and talents to change the world. If you listen to this show and read our blogs, you will be inspired to take your own journey of faith to become a man or woman who is fully alive, making an impact in the world around you. I interview people that I think are awesome that are doing that today to inspire and to challenge you you can do the same let's get rolling you know it's like hearing god's voice for the first time it's like wait a minute i heard something so i think it's appropriate to tell that story for me if you are if that's all right troy so the first time i ever really remember hearing god's voice yeah um and once you hear it you realize i've been hearing god's voice for a long time i've heard i've talked to other people (laughs) and they say the exact same thing and they're thinking they hear it and they're like, "Oh, I recognize that." Yeah, you get woke up to it. I recognize that, but I never knew that was the Lord. So, uh, first boot camp I ever was a part of, and when we say boot camp, it's usually around the Wild at Heart message. Yeah, with John Eldridge. Yeah, and the uh-huh. contemporaries of of Eldridge that have done boot camps, and it was with the ministry I was formerly with, New Wilderness Adventures, yeah. and at the time I was serving a church down in Georgia. And anyway, we went to this camp in Western North Carolina, Bryson City. The question is asked, go talk to God, or go ask God what he thinks about you. All right. So I go up into this treehouse there on the camp, and you got to think, you got to know that what I thought about myself was very bad because of the darkness I felt like I had in my life, the sin I had in my life. How could the Lord think of me as anything but? You know, fill in the blank. What did I feel? Well, I felt the weight of my sin. Yeah. Right? And so that's what I thought God would say. You're a whatever. Fill in the blank. Yeah. Well, I get in the tree, in the treehouse. I'm sitting there. I have my journal open. I didn't call it a journal then. I called it a notebook because journal was too wussy. (laughs) I called it a notebook then, but it was a journal. I had my field manual. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, field manual is a little more masculine. So... So anyway, I'm sitting there, and I'm asking God, all right, God, I guess I'm going to stick with this thing. You speak. You know, and I kind of thought, as a good Baptist church boy would have, that I'm going to open my Bible up. I'm going to close my eyes, point to a scripture. I'm going to read it, and that's what God said. You know, that's kind of how I grew up. For right or wrong, no condemnation towards those that taught me when I was growing up, but that's kind of what I inferred. Well, I get in the treehouse, do that. That doesn't work because it was something like um, Matthew begat. Blah, and I said, well, that obviously isn't what God wants me to hear today. Yeah. <laughs> and so I stuck with it. All right, God, what is it? And he said to me, Troy, it's one of the most powerful things ever. You're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And I'm like, mm, 
come on, no, no. And, and I, I'm like, did I hear that? You know, I'm kind of hitting my head, cleaning my ears out. Was that audible? Did I hear that? And I feel God's presence just overwhelm me. Again, know that hand-on-hand stuff, Yeah. you know, where you kind of have those benchmarks in your life where you, somebody yeah. put their hands on you. That's what it felt like. Yeah. And God said, no, you're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And he said, write it down. So I wrote it down. No, write it down. Do you believe it? And I wrote, and I wrote, and I wrote, and I have this holy, call it a journal now, <laughs> that has probably a good... You're free. Yeah, I know, call free. <laughs> 15, 20, you know, good uh, pages worth of... You're my beloved That's son, right. I'm well pleased. That's right. And I, and I wrote it till I believe it. Now, it's still a process. There's days I don't feel like a beloved son. But uh, still, I go back to that moment... When that happened, and I recall how that felt and what that meant, and I know that I'm so, beloved. Immediately, I'm thinking that scripture says, "Unless you become like a little child, you may not, you cannot enter the kingdom of God." So mm-hmm. many men get caught up in, um, you know, I'm a man now, right. therefore, you know that all that stuff where I was weak or vulnerable or young, um, yeah, that's that's behind me. You know, mm. I, I don't I don't need that. I don't need it. Well, and, and the Lord. We'll go right to that and say, I love you just like you were a child. Well, again, I mean, yeah. And if you don't let me love you that way in that kind of vulnerability, then you won't be able to receive the full extent of my love. Amen. Amen. And I mean, that's why we, again, from Eldridge and, you know, now with the work that we do with Michael Thompson and Zoe, we learned that if we don't invite God into those tender, young places in our heart, those wounded places, that no wonder we don't receive love in some places just because we can't. They're so covered up with sin, behavioral management, you know, ways of we've learned to live agreements, you know, agreements that um, we operate out of. And I would say there would be agreements that we've made that a lot of times are disagreements with God's perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We need to <laughs> not how re-agree with the truth. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know? Exactly. So, um, yeah, the, the one of the things that, that hits me in this is the back to the fire. All right. Back to the being there with my dad in the morning. You know, back to Colorado, or excuse me, Alaska in the stream. Um when a man gets woken up to that type of love, there's not any going back. Because when he sees it and experiences it, it's a craving that God had put in his heart already. It's a part of his DNA. It's primal, really. That a man says has that aha moment and says, all right, that's what I need. That's what I've got to have. I so desire it. And God has created me to help men find that. Yeah. You know, um, one of the quotes I love um, is from Richard Rohr. He's a, he's a friar. All right. So <laughs> if you guys don't know who he is, check him out. He's the director of Center for Action and Contemplation, CAC. He has a great weekly devotional that yeah. comes out. He's, he's, um, he's Catholic. The most common location for religious experiences for males, all right, for males, even in the Bible, is in nature. Abraham, Moses, Jacob, Job, Jonah, Elijah, nor Jesus have their great experiences in the temple. 
or any formal sacred space. And what does that tell you about a man's heart? I mean, Roar's right. You know, we're made for something that is different than being in a church building. So don't don't hear what I'm not saying, yeah. men. That doesn't mean you don't go to church. Don't ever forsake the assembly of the believers, you know. Yeah. And Eldridge has a great quote. He says, Adventure, with all its requisite dangers and wildness, is a deeply spiritual longing written into the soul of a man. All right. Those two quotes have been big for my life for years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love to do adventure. Obviously, it's what I do at Zoe, besides the whole love thing being, <laughs> you know, chef loves a little better. I, I can do chef love. I like chef love. I can do that one. You know, that's been a nick- nickname for years. <laughs> Cook it up, chef love. Dr. Love. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, Dr. Love. But chef love. That's a little 70s creep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have some cognac, you know, and a cigar, right? <laughs> Wearing a leisure suit. But, uh, but no, um, Chef loves okay. But, yeah, we, we experience God in this wilderness that's so amazing. So, yeah, I want to go back to the Alaska story. Yeah. All right. So here we are, hand over hand, and I hook up. And I look around while I'm hooked up, and I realize as there's literally black bears about two 300 yards down the river from me. There's a bridge that's just a foot, kind of footbridge over the river that's probably a good 45 foot wide to my left. There's the hulk of a man, Mr. Barry Strickland, on my right. And then beyond the bridge, there's this open, this lake that opens up, Lake Jordan. And I'm hooked up to what has to be, at the time, I'm thinking, you know, a thousand pound fish. It wasn't that big, but it felt that big. (laughs) And I'm, I'm fighting and I'm going all over the place. And God again says, you were made for this, right? And as I'm hearing this, he's ministering to my heart and ministering to my heart. It's back to that benchmark that I felt in the treehouse because this was maybe six, eight months after that happened. And I'm remembering, you're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And I feel it. So now not only have I heard it, not only, then I heard God say, to me, you were made for this, but now I have the actual physical feeling of belovedness. Mm. And it was life transformational. That's, that's powerful. And I want all men to feel that. And I want to create environments for them to feel that type of love. Yeah. Because it'll change their life. Jesus is that type of love, Troy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, and, it's, and it's wild and it's I love that quote about uh, uh, our religious life cannot be made suburban. Oh yeah, it's it's always frontier. It's mm-hmm. wild. There is there is something to Jesus's nature that calls to a man's heart that mm-hmm. says, it's not this formal, safe, domestic experience. Hey, if nobody's told you today, I just want to let you know that you're amazing. You're awesome. Jesus has picked you. You are on the winning team. You were sitting at the cool kids table, and today is an awesome day to see God's goodness and to extend God's goodness. Um, I want to let you know about two other things that Kindling Fire is doing. Uh, the guests that come on the show are also writing blogs that I'm sending people uh, updates on every other week uh, via Facebook Messenger. 
And uh, we've kicked off the 30-day fire starter challenge, which is a 30-second videos that I send you every day to get your fire started and to motivate you and even change how you're thinking. So to sign up for either one of those, go to thekindlingfire.com, and you'll see a place that says count me in, and you'll be in. My background, I was a raging atheist because I was like, it's crap. I'm having fun doing other things. Yeah. And then God radically mm-hmm. disrupts my life and says, I'm bigger than you. I love you. I'm stronger than you. And, and um, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and he really, and, and it was, it was a, uh, a tr- it was a crazy experience, but it was, it was the kind I needed. I needed that kind of jolt. It's like, oh, okay. All right. I think I'm bad. You know, I'm a, I'm a bad A. Well, guess what? God is more. Yeah. And he, but he's still, and he's, anyway. <laughs> well, you know, he shows us his way, and once we see it and experience it, it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, but it's wounded, too. I mean, guys are so assaulted you know, when it comes to love, like we talked about earlier. I mean, receiving love, even knowing what love is, feeling masculine and being loved at the same time, right? I mean, that's... That's a powerful experience. Yeah. And not I don't think a lot of men know what we're talking about, but I, I know what that is. We were leading in a boot camp down in Nicaragua several years ago, and we bust in about 60 Nicaraguan men. We had to convince them to come to this thing because they didn't see the value in their culture of being away from work. And the whole idea that, well, you need to come get away with God, if you will, was not in their vocabulary. But we pretty much, we got 60 volunteers and uh, we're going to take them Begrudgingly. and teach them about Wild at Heart, you know. And uh, they are, it's near Inatega there in Nicaragua, and they get off the bus. And they're looking around, they're looking at us, and we're all yippy and excited. And, hey, so glad you're here. Pat's on the back, you know, translators doing their thing. Well, it was about 3 o'clock. We didn't have anything that they had to be at until 6 that night. So they had three hours. And we're like, guys, you're free. Go do what you want to do. Go, you know, go have a, there's cigars over there. Or there's, you could go and, you know, fish or take a hike. And they're just like looking at each other like, what is this? What do we do? I don't know. And we said, you can have adventure. Go have adventure. Well, guess what we found out? It didn't translate. It's a little bit funny and a little bit embarrassing. Adventure in their culture is sexual conquest. So so we're telling, go have adventure. It's everywhere. Around here, Troy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You talking about... What kind of retreat have we been to? Blank stairs, you know. What kind of gay theology have you guys been drinking? (laughs) What is is hilarious. So anyway, (laughs) we finally, when we were like, you know, you can fish, whatever, they kind of finally understood, you know, and they didn't tell us right then. It was literally a whole day and a half of talking about adventure before one of them gets brave enough to come up and tell us. I don't think you guys know what you're talking about. Oh, gosh, that's great. Of course, Eldridge talks about adventure all the time in Wild at Heart and what it does for a man's heart. But anyway, so they finally got it. You know, they go, they fish, they jump in the lake and swim. But it, what was really neat about that experience, besides the funniness of it, was 
that they were, it was kind of unbridled, childlike fun. You know, uh, they jumped in the water like they were kids because most of them hadn't in their adult life had the opportunity to go and do that. Now, I'm going to tell you, oh, well, uh, this might be a bit of a plug, but this is something that I experienced every single year. So um, Heart of a Warrior Weekend with Zoe, Zoe Ministries. The time that's like, okay, we're not, we're not praying. We're not mm-hmm. having this talk. Right. Just whatever. You know, you can do zip line, you can do rope line, you can yeah. do ropes course, you can do frisbee, you can shoot guns, you can whatever. Uh, do paintball. And it's like a playground. Hmm. All these uh, from 20s to 60s, and they're all, they literally look like they're playing. Four because hours. Because they are. Yeah. And they are, it's, it's wild and it's glorious. Because mm-hmm. you get that, that, that almost childlikeness. Yes. And uh, it's amazing. It's really amazing. Yeah, the, you're right. Those spaces of time to be on adventure together are, are amazing. And yeah, so these holy moments that we're talking about, like at Heart of the Warrior, um, especially for me, is when you get around that fire in the evening, you know, you kind of come front down from the day. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't even have to be at one of these retreats. It could be uh, us just having a fire like we've had before on yeah. the back patio. Is You kind of come down from the day, you get a nice cigar, you're talking to a friend, you know, and these holy moments show up in men's hearts. Yeah. You know, and guys don't put themselves in those spaces enough. Yeah. And uh, and so, I got an, another story about that. I want to tell you, Troy. And, and you know, I know stories are great, guys. I hope you're enjoying these stories of adventure. So, one of them was uh, about two years ago, and uh, it all. Well, actually, let me go back. About five years ago, I'm sitting around the fire with a, a dearly deceased friend of mine now, Alan Russell, down in Alabama. Guy that taught me how to hunt. All right, him and another buddy, Sean Jeffries, who lives in western North Carolina, or western uh, South Carolina. But anyway, so we are sitting around the fire there in Alabama. I had killed my first hog, all right? And he's telling me these stories of hunting out west, and he's a hulk of a man, all right? Six-something, eight, seven, 300-plus pounds, all right? He's a hulk. And uh, he's telling me all these stories, and I'm like, God, Alan, I mean, you know, intimate stories of how God said, go to the right. Now stop. Now shoot. You know, go to the left. There's going to be deer coming from the right. You get yourself set up over here. Wait till about 10 o'clock. Boom, pull the trigger. I mean, he's had those experiences. I'm like, God uh, leading him in a Dude, you know. (laughs) That's amazing. You know, I want God to lead me like that. And I know he's not full. Well, he is full. He was full of crap. But not... uh, (laughs) Not for that reason. If you were to ever walk into his house, you'd understand. But he would tell me these stories, and he said, you know what? It's just, you know, God loves me in the wilderness. He loves me through caring for animals, cultivating animals, and then harvesting animals. Mm. And I'm like, well, shoot, God loves me that way too. (laughs) And so we got to dreaming about going out west. And his health wasn't great, and so he never got to go out west with me. But in 2012, I started a western hunt out in Colorado. And I would listen, and I killed a few deer. And then a few years ago, um, I was coming down to the end of my time on New Wilderness Adventures, and 
felt God leading me out to this particular spot in the woods. And it had snowed. It was beautiful. And I hiked just a little over two miles back into the woods, the Route National Forest near Taponas, Colorado, Oak Creek area. Um, and Troy, I walked back. I'm like, go this way, God? Yes, go this way. Turn left? Yeah, turn left. I mean, it was that moment. And I'm coming up this hill. A little doe jumps out, scares the bejeebus out of me because it's real early, you know, just barely any light in the morning. And we go and we go and we go over this uh, dark, through this dark timber, up this hill to the left, across this creek, down into this aspen bowl. And he says, all right, sit right here, son. So I'm sitting there and I'm reading my book and it starts to snow, put all my book away and I just got my gun up. I'm, I'm remembering to, uh, you know, look and pay attention. I hear God say, all right, you need to clean your scope. I'm like, all right. So I look at my scope. Sure enough, it had been snowing. So my scope was wet. I couldn't see through the, through the scope, clean it up. And next thing I hear is a rustle. I look in front of me and a 400 plus pound, 150 plus inch for you hunters out there, mule deer is walking toward me. Behind him are five other trophy, not quite as big as he is, but most every hunter would have taken one of those guys. And he's coming up toward me. The rest of the mule deer file into the Aspen Bowl. Well, he files up around the edge of it, which makes the shot a lot harder. And I'm, I'm just, I'm so calm, Troy. It was so interesting. I mean, you, you get this adrenaline pump for you guys that hunt. And so that's there, but I wasn't shaking. I wasn't nervous. I felt, again, that benchmark of father's arms coming around me. All right, son, this is how you do it, hand over hand. And he walks between, uh, or he walks around all this piles of wood and Anybody that's been to Colorado lately knows the beetle kill is bad, and so all these trees are down, and he comes into the only spot I could have shot. The Lord says, get ready. I get, he says, put, I hear him, put your scope between those aspens. I get it up. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I don't even see the, the deer. I don't even see the deer. And then he shows up in that hole. I squeeze the trigger, and he goes off. I wait 30 minutes. I go over there, and he's on the ground. He's obviously been shot. I shoot him again just to make sure, yeah. you know. He slides down in the snow between this, these two aspen trees. And, Troy, I go over and get in front of him, and he's taking his last breath, breaths. And I have one of the most intimate, holy moments with God I've ever had where he just loves on me. And he, it really wasn't any words. It was, I'm so proud of you. You're so, I see you. You've done so well. And I just start bawling at the top of my lungs <laughs> in the woods, you know. And, and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm glad there's nobody around, you know. <laughs> Not really. And, uh, and so I just, God, Troy loves me so much. And he loves you. And he loves the listeners and wants to provide these types of opportunities for you to experience 
His love. And that's what I enjoy so much to do and what I'm called to do. And I get the blessing of doing that with Zoe. We really are going to be starting doing that more in 2018 uh, with Zoe Zoe Outdoors. Outdoors. Yeah. 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 And so there really is, you know, that time alone with God in the woods or in the fishing stream or whatever it might be for you. It might be turning wrenches on a car you're fixing or, you know, maybe you're restoring a piece of wood or, or building a table. I love doing that, too. I mean, you know, God has those special moments that are made just for you, Troy. Yeah. Very intimate. Very cool. Just for you. Yeah. I, uh. I think I I think I want to wrap it up. The uh, I mean I, I I don't know if I can restate it, it better than you've said it. God has a God has a moment for you, mm-hmm. waiting. Yeah. And and you just have to give him opportunity. And it could be in your kind of settings. It could be in different settings. But God wants to meet you in a personal level. Mm-hmm. In a in a in, a, in this wild way and only which he can do, mm-hmm. and we both deeply know and believe that. Yeah. And there are many men and even women that listen, that like I've heard about it, but I've never experienced it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's and that's where you gotta say well, you gotta want it. My encouragement is you gotta <laughs> want it. You gotta go look for it. Yeah. Get around people that get it. Yeah. That understand it and go with them. Yeah. You know, what is that thing you've always wanted to do and why haven't you done it? Yeah. That's that is You're going to find God there. Yeah. Greg, thank you so much for coming on. This been, was this was special. It's been a pleasure, Troy. All right. Love thank you, brother. You. Love you too. Hey, if you like the podcast and you want to show us some love, we're on Instagram at The Kindling Fire. Uh, go follow us there, and I put some cool stuff in the Insta stories, and uh, it would be cool to interact with you there. So just a reminder, follow us on Instagram, and be awesome. <laughs>